0: Hi, this is Earl Silverman, Editor-in-Chief of the Journal Rheumatology, welcoming you to the October 2019 edition of Editor's Highlights, where I review five articles that are a feel of a particular interest to the readership and outline why I believe these articles are important. first article that I'd like to discuss is entitled Effects of Cerulumab on Rheumatoid Arthritis, as reported by patients using the Rheumatoid Arthritis Impact of Disease Scale by Gossick and colleagues. This article addresses the important issue of how patients perceive the effect of medication on their lives. At the end of the day, this is a very important issue as it affects patients' adherence to medication and likely faith in their treating physician. The authors examine the patient perceived impact as measured using the seven domain RA impact of disease or the RAID scale specifically they examine changes in the RAID score from baseline in two previously reported phase 3 randomized clinical trials of serlumab which is a monoc- human monoclonal antibody directed against both soluble and membrane-bound IL-6 receptor in patients with long-standing RA. This medication is currently approved for use in patients with RA in multiple countries throughout the world. In The first trial, serolimumab plus conventional synthetic disease-modifying antibiotic drugs, were compared to placebo plus conventional synthetic disease-modifying anti rheumatic drugs. On the second trial, serolumumab was compared to adalimumab monotherapy. Responders using the RAID total score were defined by improvements from baseline of greater than equal to the minimally clinically important difference, or the MCDI, and using greater, than, effective of greater than equal improvement of the patient acceptable synthet, symptom stop. and greater. Sorry, Responders using the rate total score were defined by improvements of both baseline, no, sorry, hang on. Responders using the RAID total score were defined by improvements from baseline of greater than or equal to the minimally clinically important difference, or the MCID, and greater than or equal to improvement of the patient-acceptable symptom state pass. The authors found that the effects of treatment were greater in the physical domains, such as pain, than in the mental domains such as emotional well-being more patients receiving serilimumab versus placebo or versus adalimumab reported improvements in both the MCID and the PASS scores in the total RAID scores at both assessments after reading this article you will have a better insight into the role of sulimumab in patients with long-standing RA who may benefit from its use in your practice the next article to highlight is entitled safety and efficacy of intravenous golimumab in adults with ankylosing spondylitis results through one year of the go alive study and is by revel and colleagues The objective of this study was to evaluate the safety and efficacy of intravenous golemumab, a human monoclonal anti-TNF antibody, at a dose of 2 milligrams per kilo per dose in patients with active ankylosing spondylitis through weeks 17 to 60 of the extension phase of the previously reported go-alive 16-week randomized placebo-controlled trial. Efficacy was assessed using the assessment of Spondylitis International Society, or the ASAS criteria, the ankylosing spondylitis disease activity the score, or the ASDAS, and the BATH AS disease activity score, the BASDI, and the BATH AS functional index, or the BASFI health related quality of life was assessed using the AS quality of life score of the initial 208 patients who entered the 16-week placebo-controlled trial a total of 2000 of the initial 208 patients who entered the 16-week placebo-controlled trial a total of 201 patients or Almost 92% remained in the study at week 60. The most common reasons for discontinuation in the 17 patients who no longer finished the study were withdrawal consent in 9 and an AE in 4. The conclusions of the authors were, efficacy was maintained with IV golimumab at dose of 2 milligrams per kilo among patients with active AS and the aec were consistent with the known safety profile of golimumab. please read this article to determine if you agree that iv golimumab should be considered as a safe and effective option to offer your patients with as with active disease who have failed to adequately respond to NSAID therapy and then if you would use this two-monthly intravenous therapy in your AS patients the next article to highlight is entitled Predictors of Remission and Low Disease Activity State in Systemic Lepus Erythematosus Data from a Multi Ethnic, Multinational Latin American Cohort, and is by Utari Gill. No, it's not right. <laughs> and is by Ugarte Gill on behalf of the Glendale Study Group. This article is accompanied by an editorial by Moran and Golder entitled, Treat to Target Endpoint Definition of Systemic Lupus Erythematosus. More is less. Before I review the article and the accompanying editorial, I want to give a quick reminder to those who are not familiar with the GLADEL Study Group. Glidell, or Grupo Latino Americano de Estudio de Lupus, is an observational exception cohort started in 1997 and consists of 34 centers from nine Latin American countries with prospectively collected data. Now back to the article. The current paradigm for the therapy of SLE as a most rheumatic disease is treat to target. However, it is not clear what the target should be. Should it be remission? low disease activity state, so-called LDAS, or some other target. Many targets have been proposed in the past. The aim of this study was to evaluate factors associated with achieving remission, or ALDAS, in 902 patients in the Glidell cohort who were not optimally controlled at entry into the cohort. The authors then compared multiple disease and therapy characteristics of the patients who had achieved either remission, seen in 21.7%, or LDAS seen in 34.8%, to the patients who did not achieve either of these states. They use multiple multivariable cox regression models for remission and for LDAS. The variables predictive of a higher percentage of remission were the absence of mucutaneous manifestations, the absence of renal involvement and or hematologic involvement, the use of immunosuppressives before baseline visit, and a lower sledi at cohort entry. Regarding LDAS, the authors found that older age of cohort entry Again, the absence of mucopitaneous manifestations or renal involvement and the lower sleet at cohort entry were predictive LDAS. In the accompanying editorial, Miranda and Golder point out that other remission criteria have been suggested. Please read both the article and the editorial to enable you to determine which, which definitions of treat target are practical and useful in clinical practice. Next article highlight is entitled Cyclophosphamide for Systemic Sclerosis Related Interstitial Lung Disease: A Comparison of Scleroderma Lung Study 1 and 2 by Volkman and Collins. Interstitial Lung Disease or ILDL. No. It's not. Interstitial Lung Disease or ILD is the leading cause of death in patients with systemic sclerosis, and randomized controlled clinical trials have suggested that cyclophosphamide is the drug of choice for the treatment of this illness in patients with systemic sclerosis. In the current study, the authors reanalyzed the cyclophosphide arms of two previously reported scleroderma lung studies, SLS1 and SL. S two. In both studies, patients received oral cyclone for one year. In SLS one, patients were then followed for an additional year. Well in SLS two, patients release received placebo in the second year. Joint modeling was used to evaluate the treatment effect on the course of F V C and DLCO over two years while controlling for baseline disease severity in the combined cohort of 152 patients. In both groups, treatment with cyclophosphamide led to significant improvement in FVC from weeks, uh, sorry, months. In both groups, treatment with cyclophosphamide led to significant improvement in the FVC from months three to 12, but there was no significant improvement on this point. And treatment with cyclophosphide had no significant effect on DLCO for either group. Please read this article to allow you understand the advantages and disadvantages of joint modeling, the difficulty in performing studies in ILD in patients with systemic sclerosis, and to learn the author's recommendations for the treatment of ILD in patients with systemic sclerosis and what should and needs to be studied in the future. The fifth and last article to highlight this month is entitled Anakinra Use, oh sorry. The fifth and last article to highlight this month is entitled Use of Anakinra in Hospitalized Patients with Crystal Associated Arthritis. By Lou and Gardner. The aim of this study was to examine the efficacy and safety of the interleukin 1 receptor antagonist, Anakinra, in patients who were hospitalized, had acute gout or CPPD arthritis, and had complex medical conditions. The authors identified 115 different episodes of crystal associated arthritis in 100 different patients who had complex medical conditions were hospitalized and received an enakinra 93 patients had gout and 7 cppd comorbidities included renal disease in 45% and a history of organ transplantation in 14% Analysis showed that 84% of the episodes of arthritis had partial or complete response to anakinra within four days of treatment, and and in 66 episodes had partial or complete remission within one day of beginning anakinra. Side effects included three instances of leukopenia. Please read this article and determine for yourself if you think there is a role for the use of anakinra in the treatment of acute gout or CPPD arthritis. Again, I want to thank you as usual for listening to my review and what I felt were particularly important articles appearing in the October 2019 issue of the Journal of Rheumatology. I hope my summaries will lead you to read not only these articles, but in fact, all the articles in this edition please read either the print or the online edition which can be found at www.jroom.org if you have any comments on the summary or any articles appearing in the journal please send them to manuscripts at jroom.com i hope you'll listen next month to the editor's pick for the november issue of the journal of rheumatology